0: hello and welcome to the bliss bean show i'm your host patrice and on this podcast we talk about how to design intentional days create meaningful work and get more out of life hello and welcome back to the bliss bean show For a second i felt like i needed to talk in spanish because i just did my day in the life in spanish video and then i remembered oh right this is my podcast i can speak in english and it felt like such a relief like oh this is gonna be so much easier than doing that video i thought i would start this episode with a little bit of a life update uh to set the scene a little bit to give you an idea of where and when i am recording this It is currently Saturday, so you will be listening to this episode in approximately four or five days. Um, This week has been going by so insanely quickly. I think partly it was because Monday was Memorial Day, and so even though I'm not going to school, and so Memorial Day doesn't feel that different from the other days because we don't have a day off school or anything like that. I got to hang out with some friends, and oh, I also got my vaccine on Saturday, so I wasn't able to do my normal Sunday things on Sunday, so it just felt like the entire week was delayed by a week. It felt like my week started on Tuesday, Um, and then I had a bunch of stuff that I needed to catch up on, uh, filming videos, trying to edit them really, really quickly, and I just felt like it was a race against the clock and suddenly, it is Saturday now. It was just Tuesday yesterday, I thought. So yes, today is Saturday. I am sitting in the basement because my family's still sleeping. It is 7.55 a.m. to be precise. I didn't want to wake them up because my room is close to the rooms where they sleep. So I went down to the basement. I thought it would also be nice to have a little change of environment, uh, maybe to inspire me for recording this podcast a little bit more. I'm trying to get a little bit of work done today because I feel a bit behind, so today we are actually going to Chicago. Uh, We're picking up my mom from the airport tomorrow, from the O'Hare Airport, so it's a bit of a drive, and since we're going to be driving all the way down to Chicago anyways, we figured we would just spend one night there. So we are leaving this morning at 10am, yes in two hours, but I'm still trying to get some work done because I need to record this podcast episode, I need to plan out a video that I can film on Monday, so my general plan for the day is I think I want to record this podcast episode, do my Spanish lesson before we leave, and then maybe sleep in the car because I feel like I haven't been getting enough sleep. Try to enjoy the Chicago trip and be present to, you know, just walking around the city with my family and doing whatever it is that we do. We don't really have any plans. We're just going down there and seeing where the day takes us. And then in the evening, um, I really like being in a hotel I just feel like that environment gives me a lot of inspiration. And so once we come back to the hotel for the evening, I think then I'll try to write my video script for Monday. But honestly, if it doesn't happen, I don't wanna push myself too much because it is the weekend and I am going away with my family. So I think normally I would try to just completely clear my plate of work for the entire day, but things are just piling up. So I need to make some progress on stuff. Speaking of things piling up, the, I think this sort of fits in with the life update theme is that, as some of you might know, I have been working with a virtual assistant. Uh, shout out to Maya, who's going to be editing this so she'll hear her name. I've been working with her for a little more than a month now and it's been awesome. I've kind of slowly been handing off to her some of the tasks that I normally do and so next week actually is gonna be the first week that she's gonna give video editing a shot so When I say she's gonna give video editing a shot, I don't mean that she's never edited videos. She has lots of experience with video editing. She has her own YouTube channel. Uh, Maya, you can link your channel in the podcast show notes if you would like. I'm really excited that now I'll have the opportunity to be able to have someone else edit my videos. I don't think she's gonna be editing every single one of my videos. We were talking about that probably she would be editing the ones where it's just me sitting down and talking about something. And then there's some b-roll on top, some fancy transitions, effects, text, etc. But the videos where it's more of a vlog style or just anything more creative, um, like especially vlogs, because I think when you edit a vlog, you have to make a lot of decisions. Starting with, you know, you have this folder that is just full of footage and not all of it ends up being used. Like there are a lot of... um, sections of the spanish day in the life video that i just cut out completely even though i took the time to sit and talk about something in front of the camera it turned out to just not be interesting enough and i wanted to keep the video not too long so i think that the amount of time that it will save to at least have the videos that are more simple edited by someone else will be very much worth it Of course, it kind of scares me creatively because the Bliss Bean is my baby and I feel like the video editing is maybe one of the parts of the whole blogging process where I can most share or show my personal style, but it it takes so many hours. I do think that I edit videos faster than the average person, uh, which is not to brag. I just have talked to other people about video editing and usually they're surprised. Uh, By how long my videos take me, so I usually say that it takes me about five to six hours to edit one of those uh, pretty normal videos, those sit down, talk, put some b-roll on it. The video that I edited, that I finished editing yesterday, was the Day in the Life in Spanish video, and that one took me 10 hours. Yeah, pretty much exactly 10 hours. That was everything. That was from going through the footage and putting it on the timeline cutting it up i uh i exported a draft and sent it to some spanish speakers and i was just like tell me which parts of this are not interesting so i can take them out and kind of give me a few pointers on how my spanish was in this video uh so going through the feedback on that uh filling out all of the subtitles putting the music on color grading uh all that good stuff so yeah 10 hours start to finish considering that i needed to type out everything that i said in spanish and everything that i said in english and format all of that i am pretty proud of the fact that i got it done in 10 hours it was honestly a lot of fun it it was like a good kind of busy work where you just get in the flow of putting subtitles on it so i enjoyed it but it does take a lot of time so once i start college probably Maya will start doing some more of that stuff. We are actually planning on doing a podcast episode. I'm not sure exactly when, uh, probably sometime in July, but me and Maya, we want to do a podcast episode together where, I don't know, I just want to talk about the process of what it was like uh, hiring her, choosing her, why I decided to get a virtual assistant in the first place, what she does, what our workflow together is. Um, I'm sure that because I do talk a lot about productivity and organization and stuff on my channel there'll be there'll be some interest in like what specific tools do we use how do we organize shared materials etc so for example we have a shared workspace in Notion I know that I've said that I don't really like Notion in the past but I I still stand by my statement, my official statement, that I don't really like Notion for personal use, but um, after talking to Rowena, after we did that video together, Rowena Tsai, um, she kind of convinced me that it could be very good for collaborative work, because when it's just me looking at my own personal writing and brainstorming and stuff, then it's fine if it's a mess, because I'm the one who wrote it, so I understand it. But if you're gonna be working with someone else, then it needs to be very organized. And so far I think Notion has been doing a great job of that. And then another tool that I definitely wanna go more into depth on is just like file sharing. So I think we're gonna be using iCloud. Um, Initially, Maya said that I could just send video files to her via WeTransfer. Um, I had uploaded some of my Photoshop templates to Notion for her to use when she's designing cover images and Instagram graphics and things like that. But then, I don't really use iCloud much. Um, I use the whole Apple ecosystem. Like, I use an Apple computer and an Apple phone, but I just generally use iCloud storage for some reason. And then I stumbled upon that feature on my computer, and I was like, hold on a second. Maya, she has an Apple computer. Couldn't we just have a shared iCloud folder where we keep everything? Like, we keep all of the... Uh, templates and the music that I use and things like that but also individual project folders like if she's gonna be editing uh, so the, the video she's gonna be editing is the mid-year review video so I could make a folder for the mid-year review and just dump all of my footage in there and then she has access to it but it is always simultaneously uh, updated on both of our computers if it works the way that I think it does I think it's gonna be amazing. Um, I purchased a 200 gigabyte storage plan, which I think was three or four dollars a month, but I think I'm actually gonna to upgrade to the four terabyte one because I would love to have just like a shared folder of old B-roll that I've used so that she can also go back into the archives and um, pull some B-rolls to spice up those videos. I really wish that they had a plan that was in between uh 200 gigabytes and 4 terabytes but that's probably just like a sales a sales method on their part cuz they know that 200 gigabytes is just like not quite enough for a lot of people but then 4 terabytes is like a lot a lot 4 terabytes is the biggest size of hard drive that i have so that should be plenty for us another thing i wanted to talk about um since we're gonna make this first section of the podcast so long um so lately i've been planning out this project for the bliss bean i guess i can share a little bit about it but i'm basically completely overhauling the 21 days to productive flow course I looked through the feedback that people had. I thought about what I personally, myself, didn't really like about it and would like to change about it. It's gonna be a whole new experience. Like the format is gonna be completely different, all new content. I'm very, very excited for that. So keep an eye out for that at the very end of June. However, the reason I brought this up was because when I am brainstorming, coming up with ideas for one project, I feel like my brain Just goes into crazy brainstorming mode and I want to overhaul literally everything else that I do for the bliss bean because normally uh, When I'm just working on videos and podcasts, it's like it's a pretty standard schedule You know, it's sort of the same every week and you just you just got to get the work done however, when there's these side projects like one-off projects then my brain just um, the creativity just shoots through the roof basically so as I was brainstorming this course, I also started thinking, "Oh my gosh, I want to, I want to update my website. I want to change the format of the podcast." Just a lot of things started popping into my head. So I wanted to tell you specifically about my ideas for the podcast because that is currently what you're listening to. Obviously, since a few episodes back, I've been doing more solo episodes, and it's really been a while since I've done an interview. Uh, I think. The last episode that I did with another person was with a friend, so it didn't really even feel like an interview. Uh, Whereas when I started this podcast, it was just interview after interview, and a lot of these people were people that I did not know very well. I just thought they had interesting stories, interesting experiences, and so I invited them on, asked them some questions, recorded it, put it on the internet, and then slowly I started hearing from people... Okay, no, I don't think anyone explicitly messaged me to say, like, stop doing interviews, but one thing I did was I did a poll on Instagram, and I said, do you prefer solo episodes or interview episodes, and a lot of people said they preferred solo episodes. I've also seen in my analytics that the solo episodes get more listens, and so I thought, hey, inviting someone onto my podcast, having to research and prepare for that, write questions, etc., that takes a lot of work. Whereas just sitting by myself in front of a microphone is not nearly as much work and also does not make me as nervous because sometimes I was nervous to do those interviews. So then I was like, perfect, I have a new podcast strategy. This is going to be primarily a solo podcast where I just talk to myself, talk into the void, and then you guys can listen to that if you enjoy it. However, now I'm doubting this strategy again because while those solo podcast episodes are pretty easy to prepare for and it's nice to just have that complete freedom to talk about whatever i want and sort of treat it as a like as a one-sided conversation between friends a a sort of catch-up update type thing um it is hard as an introvert and literally my last podcast episode was about introversion so this is very relevant but when you're just talking by yourself to a microphone You're not talking to another person, but it still is kind of draining for some reason. And the difference is that when you're talking to a friend, for example, uh, and it's someone that you feel comfortable with, you also get some energy back from them. So you're kind of recharging while you're interacting with them, at least in my experience. But just talking by myself is kind of draining. And the other concern that I had with this solo format is that I don't know some people give the advice that you should create the type of content that you like to consume and I honestly have not listened to that many podcasts but in my experience all of the podcasts that I've loved like not just podcasts that you listen to because like oh, that's a topic I should learn about. I should listen to a podcast. But podcasts that you're genuinely excited to listen to, you look forward to listening to it, you laugh while you're listening to it, and you share it with other people because you're so excited about it. I can really only think of like three. So I used to listen a ton to the Minimalist podcast. And for some reason, I just very suddenly lost interest in that. But that's a conversation for another time um, the one that I'm obsessed with right now is Not Overthinking. And another one that I loved for a period of time was and, No Between Neens and Deens. Um So all of those three podcasts were two co-hosts. Uh, I think, yeah, The Minimalist probably had the most podcast guests. Then I would say Not Overthinking sometimes had guests. And Neans and Deans. I think they maybe had one guest on their entire season, and I didn't even listen to that episode, but basically, I thought, it is so fun and engaging for me to listen to two people having a conversation. I mean, it's just so different when you're talking to another person, and you have a whole other perspective, and you can bounce ideas off each other, and what one person says reminds the other person of some story that they want to tell, etc., And I thought, gosh, I would love to have a co-host. So let's take a look at who the co-hosts of these three podcasts were. The Minimalists is Josh and Ryan. They are childhood friends and basically like business partners for The Minimalists. They work together on that. So I can't do that. I pretty much work on The Bliss Bean by myself. It's just my brand. Not Overthinking, that is a podcast by Ali Abdal, And he does that with his brother, Tamur Abdal. Now, I know that my brother is sometimes an entertaining presence on my videos and on my Instagram. However, I would not want to have him as a podcast co-host. No offense, I'm sure he would have interesting things to say. But I don't think we could have like a coherent <laughs> coherent 45-minute discussion on anything. And then finally, Neens and Deans, uh, that is Nina Huyn. Um, and she did that. I mean, they stopped doing it, but she did that podcast with her partner, so yeah, I <laughs> I don't have any of those options. So recently, I needed to go on like a 20-minute drive, and that was the day that I was really deep into planning out the course, and my brain was just absolutely buzzing. Like, no, I don't know, not a super... Uh, pleasant inspired feeling but just like oh my gosh my brain is so busy I need to just turn off these thoughts so rather than listening to podcasts or music or anything I just drove in silence and that was really nice I highly recommend just driving in silence once in a while Uh, so I was pondering this question as I was driving and I did think of one friend who I thought you know what we could make great co-hosts. So this is a friend that I've been friends with since ninth grade, so freshman year of high school. And currently, I would say we talk about every two weeks. We're actually pretty uh, pretty structured in our interactions. Uh, What I mean by that is just we made it a point to call each other every two weeks. And so at the end of each call, we're like, all right, let's look at the calendar. Does... um." in two weeks, does that date work for you for another call? The last time we didn't actually talk for six weeks just because of scheduling conflicts and being busy, but once we called again it was so great to catch up, like our conversations are always so engaging and meaningful to me. So I have not brought this idea up to him at all, but he might be interested. I don't know. Um, we actually worked together on the school newspaper when we were in high school. We were co-editors in chief uh, for one of the years, and so I feel like I don't. I feel like he has the skill set to host a show, um, and we have a lot of similar interests. I think, and we just delve into all sorts of random deep topics in our personal conversation. So. We just have to put a microphone in front of us and record it, so I don't know if that'll happen or if that'll work out, but I think if he were interested, then my idea would probably not to have every single episode be co-hosted with him, but to just kind of add that into the mix that I'm currently working with so that fewer of my episodes are solo episodes or just like very very rigid q a interview episodes just to have a little bit more of that friendly conversational tone in my podcast so let me know what you would think of that let me know how you would like to hear this podcast have another co-host all right so that was the excessively long preamble to this episode i think you guys like that sort of life update kind of just chatting kind of stuff but do let me know if you would like me to keep it shorter and get to the main topic of the podcast faster so in this podcast i i'm not sure exactly what i want to title it i think i in in notion i had labeled this page like toxicity in the youtube space or something like that but i'm not sure that toxicity is the right word so maybe i should just start talking and you can decide what term encapsulates this this problem this issue that i want to talk about so first of all i think i want to start by saying that in my experience the online world has been a lot nicer and kinder than I grew up being told that it was. Like, I think when I was little, I just thought that if you made a YouTube channel, you would instantly get hate comments. Like, that that YouTube was just such an ugly place and that immediately you would start just experiencing bullying online and that there was no other way for the online world to be. Luckily, that has not been my experience at all, Um, honestly like so much the opposite. I think on YouTube and Instagram I'm just like overwhelmed by the amount of niceness that is on there. So many nice comments and genuine comments also. That's the best part is like reading comments where someone really is like engaging with the topic of the video and sharing how it influenced their life, etc. Just connecting on a person-to-person level. So. I think the online world can be amazing for fostering those kinds of connections. However, it probably wasn't until quite a while after I started my YouTube channel that I stumbled upon some websites. So I think the two that I know of are called Guru Gossip and Tattle Life. So basically, these are just forums for gossiping. And I honestly would have thought that stuff like this only existed in like I don't know. I mean, I was little so I don't know what the internet landscape was like, but I don't know, late 2000s, early 2010s? I did not think that having message boards for gossiping about people was something that we would still have around, but unfortunately we do. So basically there's sections on specific influencers, like these forums are organized by person or by channel. And then people will just say whatever they want uh, about these people and pick apart their lives. I, I guess to start off, I just want to say, how, how do people have the energy to do that? Like How do you reach such a level of bitterness that you find it fun to spend time on a website where people are just tearing people apart, putting them down? I don't know if it's different from the perspective of someone who is not an influencer. Because I think part of the reason I feel so much anxiety going on those websites is because I do similar stuff. I do similar work to the people that they are attacking on those websites and so it makes me feel very vulnerable. I wonder if it would be different if I never had a blog or a YouTube channel or anything and I was just kind of looking at it more from an outsider's perspective. Still, I just think it's stupid to have a forum where you're just tearing apart people for no good reason. In the influencer space, in this online world, there are certainly people who deserve criticism and people who have done uh, very problematic things and they deserve to be called out for that. However, at least in the parts of these forums that I explored, it was just people picking apart the lives of especially young YouTubers. I think that's what really disturbed me is young people on the internet um, and just like attacking everything they've said or every decision they've made even though it literally it does not harm anyone. Um, it's just decisions they've made about their life or like they criticize their personality or the way they look and that I think is completely unwarranted. So I went into these forums to prepare for researching this podcast. I don't know why I did this when I know that it makes me anxious and just not feel good at all. But in order to make this podcast episode, I had to go into the trenches and get first-hand experience. So wish me luck. So I think when I first stumbled upon one of these forums, it was talking about uh, Ashley from the channel Best Dressed. You're probably familiar with her. Um, I guess whenever I talk to other people about her channel... The big controversial thing that stands out to them is the fact that she did that sponsored video with Amazon, even though her channel focused a lot on sustainable clothing. That okay, that is fair, I absolutely see that point. Uh, I guess the only qualm I have about that is the fact that people like to pile on the same type of comment, so let me explain more what I mean by that. Um, I saw this one post by an influencer that I guess I will not name, uh, who did a bit of traveling during the pandemic and people were absolutely enraged in the comments. And the thing that really frustrated me is that so many people were saying the same exact thing over and over again. And not not privately messaging her, not DMing her, but posting that in the comments, even though she's already gotten hundreds of comments saying the exact same thing. And that to me, I'm very I'm very suspicious of that because that to me looks like signaling that you are on the um, on the side of morality. You know, oh, what, what do they say that that you have the moral high ground, like. You're not contributing anything new to the discussion, and you are not reaching out to her on a personal level. You're just adding your name into the pile, almost like signing a petition. Like, yes, I also am calling her out on this behavior. And I don't know, that just strikes the wrong note for me. And I would love to hear what you think of that. So that was the one criticism of Ashley that I felt had merit behind it, but it. It was so disturbing to delve deeper into that forum and just see things devolving into stuff that made no sense and that really shouldn't matter to these people but they want to pick apart her life and notice any tiny thing that she might be doing wrong in how she decides to lead her own life. I started watching Ashley's channel Best Dressed back before she got really big and I absolutely loved her humor. I remember thinking wow she She's really got her life together. She's so cool. Like She's studying film at UCLA. She makes these awesome YouTube videos. She, uh, she's on track to graduate early. She's living on her own, just being independent. And once her channel got really big, initially I felt something like jealousy, for sure. I'm not gonna deny it. It's always, when, when you see someone get really successful uh, in pretty much the same sphere as you, I think there can often be that feeling of man I wish that could happen to me as well I wish my channel could grow that much but the more I kind of observed what was going on with her and her story and to be fair I haven't watched her videos in a long time I just don't watch much YouTube these days anyways but it seemed like it seemed like she really was not doing well she sometimes outright talked about being really sad and Um, having stretches of time where she cries before going to sleep every night. She had that thing happen to her where she, uh, I believe someone found out where she lived and they were stalking her at her New York apartment, so then she had to move. Just the stress of moving to New York on your own, uh, the breakup that she went through, all of the criticism that she's faced, like all of that seemed absolutely overwhelming to me. And I think that was the first time that I thought to myself, I do not want unlimited growth on YouTube. Like there is a certain point where I think it all gets to be too much and I don't want to reach that point. Or at least if I do reach that point, I want it to be slow growth. I think her growth happened too quickly. All of a sudden, all of these people were like obsessed with her in an unhealthy way. And I'm sure that that amount of pressure and attention can do some pretty crazy things to your mental health. Because I think, I was talking to a friend recently about this. Uh, She said that she read somewhere that our human brain is not wired to know what is going on uh, with so many people's lives all at the same time. And that's what social media does for us. Not only do we know what is going on in the lives of tons of other people, uh, a ton of other people are watching us, especially if you are an influencer or any sort of public figure. And that's just really weird, I think, biologically, for a brain to get used to. So then I started looking at some of the threads about other creators that I'm familiar with online, and I wanted to pick out a few specific examples of things that people said on there. So, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to say the name of who the creator was, but so this was a kind of a study college YouTuber, and so they commented, she said she was excited to get back, but she looked so apprehensive and depressed about it. And so they were referring to this YouTuber going back to college, I think after the, after the pandemic restrictions. I think the whole point of their post was to say that uh, she should be grateful for being able to go back to college, and she's like presenting two different images. She's pretending to be excited, but she's actually not excited about it. And so in response to that specific comment, I want to clarify for everyone that in my opinion you absolutely cannot tell how a person feels about something from what they share online. What they share online is words, um, text, images, a few recorded videos. Those are literally minutes from a person's entire life and they cannot be an accurate representation of how they are actually feeling. Even if they wanted to give an accurate representation of how they're feeling, the fact that this forum exists, that is probably keeping people like this YouTuber from sharing their honest feelings on the internet because they're afraid that people will tear them apart for it. So the fact that they just assumed that she was apprehensive about going back to college, uh, maybe that was true, but I do not buy that statement at all because you just do not know what a person is feeling behind the camera, behind the screen. The really disturbing thing about the thread about this particular YouTuber was that the first, um, I don't know how forums work. I think you have categories and then threads within them. So the first thread about this YouTuber was back from when she was 17 years old. She was not even 18. Uh, She was literally a child. And all these hundreds of people thought that it was okay to create the space on the internet to talk about her life like isn't that don't you think that's disturbing in a way um i know she shares things online but taking that a step further and creating this separate community um where you delve way deeper into discussing her life than i think is normal i think that crosses a line and each of these threads had more than a thousand replies So it just blows my mind how many people are willing to do this type of thing that they feel strongly enough about some random person on the internet who they've never, probably have never interacted on a personal level with and they have such a problem with the way that they're doing things that they're gonna take the time to go to a website and discuss their thoughts with other people. Another comment that I noticed appear on a lot of different threads was people saying that influencers content was getting repetitive that really bothers me because i hear that a lot and the thing about influencing unless you're talking about um a very specific topic like let's say you are let's say you're a baker and you develop recipes for baking so yeah, you should be coming up with new recipes and I guess keeping up with the new baking techniques that are out there. Honestly, I don't know much about baking. You probably can tell from the way I'm talking about it. But when you're an influencer, I think in the personal development space or in the lifestyle space and you're just sharing your life, it, it's so weird to me when people say, oh, your content is getting repetitive. Like that's just life life gets repetitive and you don't have to watch every single video that a person makes. But I felt the pressure, with my channel being about productivity and personal development, to be trying new tools and habits and techniques. But that just isn't necessary. That's not what productivity and personal development is about. It's not about constantly searching for the next best thing. Ideally, you should be finding what works for you, for the most part, and sticking with that and I don't know maybe experimenting with 10% of what your system of what your life is um and with the rest of it you just kind of figure out what works for you and you live your life next up I noticed a comment that made me upset um someone was talking about a different study youtuber and they wrote she's a crybaby for sure haha remember crying about biology (laughs) oh my goodness, I don't think I need to tell you that crying is okay, and I think people on the internet should feel free to share themselves crying. You, <laughs> maybe if this person saw more people crying on the internet, they'd feel more comfortable with crying themselves. I think that's what they need, but I really believe that you don't need a good reason to cry. I think sometimes the reason that it appeared you're crying like when i shared in one of my recent videos that i misplaced my airpods and was so frustrated about it yeah that sounds like i was a little embarrassed to share that i cried about that okay but it i don't think it was the airpods that made me cry it was emotions that are building up. Like the general pressure of life that builds up and then something just kind of pushes you over the edge and you simply need to release emotions. That is all that crying is, it's releasing emotions. Some people cry more often, some people cry less often. That doesn't make the person that cries more often emotionally weaker than the person that always holds in their tears or doesn't feel a need to cry. So yeah, to that person, please. Take some time and see if you need to have a good cry, because you should not be making fun of someone or calling someone a crybaby because they are crying about school, which let me tell you, I have done plenty of times. Moving on, another comment that really upset me. Someone wrote about this same YouTuber, uh, she seems to have a superiority complex. For instance, she said if she was dating, she would never tell her viewers. God forbid someone try to keep a part of their life private from strangers on the internet. Honestly, I do not see the logic connecting the first part of the sentence to the second part of the sentence. I guess not telling your viewers about every part of your personal life means that you view yourself as superior to them. There are so many things that I don't share on Instagram and it's not because I feel that I'm superior to my viewers, it's because I don't want my entire life to be on the internet. And also out of respect to like my friends and family, I don't share a lot of things about them. So obviously, you know, if you were dating someone, you might want to keep their life private, to keep their um, personal details private as a sign of respect to them. Honestly, if someone else has a different interpretation of this comment and can explain to me how not telling your viewers that you're dating someone means you have a superiority complex, I would love to hear that because this makes no sense to me. Uh, Another example that comes to mind, this was not from one of the forums, this was something that I saw on Instagram stories. So a YouTuber that I know, she shared a comment, Uh, I didn't watch the video that the comment was in response to, but I would guess that it was some sort of humorous video where, I don't know, she, she was showing something to her boyfriend and her boyfriend just like didn't compliment it you know like that sounds like a totally normal situation like um for example my brother always makes fun of my youtube channel but i know that deep down he is proud of me for it it's just like it's it's a humor thing but anyways someone watched this video uh maybe they had seen a couple of this youtuber's videos but they commented something along the lines of like like a really long comment explaining how um as someone who was in an abusive relationship for 14 or 15 years or something, I find it really disturbing that your boyfriend didn't compliment you, and like you should really rethink the way that you want to be treated in a relationship. Um, and yeah, just all of these things like completely extrapolating the tiny, tiny moments that they saw of this couple's relationship, and. I think the comment was sort of patronizing, you know, saying that the YouTuber um, couldn't see for herself that the relationship that she was in was not a good one for her. And I think that is a really offensive thing to say. I think that, of course, people are going to act totally differently on camera. Um... In addition to the fact that you only see tiny snippets of someone's life, I also think people act very different on camera. People can be shy on camera. I I don't know if that was the situation with this particular video, but really it just baffles me that someone watched a couple of videos and decided that because one partner in a relationship was not complimenting the other one uh, to the extent that they thought appropriate, that meant that they needed to write a long paragraph about how this how this relationship could potentially be a really bad situation for her. And I feel like this podcast is getting long at this point, but I had so many things that bothered me. I think the last one I want to mention is I found a thread on Ali Abdal, and I have been very interested in his content lately. I, I find that I usually just like I don't want to say obsession, but like develop a strong interest in one particular content creator, consume a bunch of their content, and then move on from that phase, and then find a new creator. That's just the way in which I consume content. So basically, it is Ali Abdal's turn. I listen to his podcast every morning. Um, I have been very inspired by the way that he has set up his website and blog, so I've been taking a lot of inspiration from that as I take notes on what I want to change about my website, basically just consuming a lot of his content, Um, not so much of his YouTube videos, but I think he's a cool guy, someone I admire. So I wanted to see what negative things people were saying about him on the internet. This was kind of weird, but one person commented that I think they were listening to a video where he was talking to some other YouTuber and quote, He said that he doesn't recycle as he thinks that his actions do not have a huge impact on the environment. That's when his mask fell off for me." Okay, end quote. I see why something like that is upsetting. I think that that can fall under the category of things that you might criticize someone for. However, to say that the mask fell off I think is so overdramatic, like, oh my god, he had this big secret that he was hiding. Um, and he's finally revealed it, and now you know that he was the the bad person that you suspected all along. The other thing I want to say, though, and I say this to make a general point about the fact that no one lives a perfect life, and we also do not know what a perfect life is, and so criticisms like this bother me, because uh, sort of recently, I think I heard somewhere that recycling isn't always better than putting those quote recyclable materials into the trash so i found a quote from an article on live science to uh, explain this better than i can so they said the u.s ships about 1 million tons of plastic waste overseas every year much of that plastic used to end up in china where it was recycled that is until the country abruptly stopped most of the plastic waste imports in 2017 Now, a good part of U.S. plastic waste is shipped to the world's poorest countries for recycling, including Bangladesh, Laos, Ethiopia, and Senegal, The Guardian reported. Later on in the article, they say, beyond just having to live among the trash that litters their beaches and streets, the increasing number of plastic processing facilities that are popping up in these countries is posing health risks to citizens who live among contaminated water supplies and the smell of plastic fumes. If you've seen the show, A Good Place amazing show by the way i almost didn't finish watching it because the i found the first season to be a little bit boring but then someone spoiled the ending of the first season for me and i was like oh my goodness i need to finish it now so i went back i finished it and then i binged the rest of the season and it was absolutely amazing anyways one of the concepts in the good place is that these people enter the afterlife and they get um, they get a rating, like, they get points based on what they did while they were still on earth, but the things that you get positive and negative points are not always what you would expect, um, because especially in this sort of globalized world, you don't really know the, the full effects of the actions that you take, and so I think one of the examples was, like, uh, buying, oh gosh, I'm totally gonna say this wrong but like buying an organic tomato or something like that and you think that's a good thing but in reality it like it was grown on a farm where it took a ton of resources to grow or, or something like that like i hope i hope you get the idea basically you might think that an action is good on the surface something like recycling but you don't think about everything that goes beyond that like Um, where that recycled waste is going to end up or how it is going to affect those people because we just don't see what happens to it after we put it in the recycling bin i think i also heard something about tote bags like reusable bags and uh, I i don't remember the exact statistic but basically that the energy it takes to create a reusable tote bag is equivalent to the energy that it takes to create tons and tons of single-use plastic bags. Um, That doesn't mean that you should just not use reusable bags, but it's something interesting to think about because I know that not everyone, and I would venture to say most people, do not use one single reusable bag for the entirety of their life. People buy lots of cute tote bags and sometimes they have too many tote bags so then they have to get rid of some and that's waste and so just... All I want to say is none of us know everything and to judge someone online based on tiny snippets of their life that they've shared just doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think that's the best use of our energy. Oh and another thing I wanted to say was that at the end of that thread about Ali Abdal, the original poster shared a screenshot of his recent videos and wrote, I have no interest at all in his recent video offerings. Time to unsubscribe. And I just thought that unsubscribe button was there all along you didn't need to create a whole forum thread about this topic um and just tear ali Abdal apart with other people before you finally decided that you didn't want to watch his content anymore i think i think a lot of these people would be benefited if we just like we should record a tutorial and show them where the instagram unfollow button is where the youtube unsubscribe button is and maybe that will solve all of these problems maybe so yeah, as I said at the beginning, luckily I have not experienced much of this in the online world. Um, I did search, uh, I didn't search for my name, I searched for the Bliss Bean because I, I'm guessing that if someone were to talk about me online, it would be under my alias, the Bliss Bean, And and it did not come up with any results, so I don't think the gossip has started, but I'm just, I feel like there's gonna be some tipping point where someone decides that they're upset with something that I did, they start a thread, and then people start dumping things that they don't like about me and picking apart every aspect of my life. And that scares me, but I know that I also have the power to just not look at that. Um, after I discovered the website Guru Gossip for the first time, I wanted to tweet. I never tweeted it, but I composed this tweet in my head. I said, if someone ever starts a thread about the Bliss being on Guru Gossip please physically restrain me from checking it because some criticism is good. In my mindsets video, I talked about how I've been trying to get feedback on my videos to make them better, but that's totally different. That's, that's asking for feedback on a specific project, asking how I can improve, and it's all done in a very respectful way. If someone, however, just wants to make general criticisms about the way that I live my life, not out of a genuine place of love and caring and wanting me to improve something, but just because they, I don't know, have some bitterness that they want to share with the world, that is not criticism that I want to take in. So I think there'll be a lot of temptation for me to see what people are saying about me, but I, I really need to avoid it for my mental health and also just I feel like for the Authenticity of the content that I put online. I don't want to constantly be changing the way that I do things because someone Pinpointed something that they thought was wrong with it That was actually a really fun episode to record. Uh, The last time I recorded a solo episode It was just extremely draining. I think I was not in the mood Um, But this time around I had lots to say and actually had some fun so I think that just supports my Hypothesis that I should not pick one type of format to do but try to do a pretty even mix of them all Mm -hmm. so I also was thinking that when I do solo episodes I don't want to do the three takeaways in the action step because they're just not as informational Um, they're just more conversation between friends let's call it that and actually when I was listening to an episode of the not overthinking podcast recently I think it was maybe their first or second episode but they were talking about how what makes a podcast valuable is not really that you finish listening to it with like one clear takeaway or that you go and tell someone like, I listened to this awesome podcast on X topic and it's super specific. A lot of the times the value in a podcast is just that you really like the way that the conversation was conducted. Like there's not a specific sentence that you would take away from it. You just liked all of the little side stories and the examples that they gave and stuff like that. So, yeah, no takeaways for this episode. However, um, let's see. Bliss Bean updates. I think I told you everything that you already need to know. Keep your eyes peeled for a brand new course coming out at the end of June. Um, Let me know if you have any questions for a podcast episode with Maya about how it has been working with a virtual assistant. And then I think my recommendation for today, I was trying to come up with something like a movie or a book or a website, but honestly, this added value to my life. So I'm going to share this silly little YouTube video with you. This popped up on my recommended feed and I was like, I have to see this. I absolutely have to watch this. It was just a video of a weather report on a news channel. And for some reason, the green screen started malfunctioning. And so basically it was like, creating um, wait what do you call a meteorologist yes it was creating copies of the meteorologist that were like trailing behind her I don't know it's really hard to describe but it was so funny and she just had such a such a sunshiny personality and the way that she responded to it just made me laugh and absolutely made my day. So it's a very short video. I hope it brightens up your day as well. I actually really have to go. I'm kind of running late because my family wanted to leave uh, for Chicago at 10am. So um, yes, I have to go, but it was great talking to you and catching up with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll talk to you next week. Bye! If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at theblissbean and theblissbean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's theblissbean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at theblissbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.